ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, it's uh, the Chris and Andre Show. It's episode number nine. We are back, and... Some of you may have noticed that we didn't do an episode last week. Chris was out of town in Arizona. Yep. But, you know, we're going to try to make sure that we don't have a three-hour episode this week because what happens when we don't speak to each other for a week is we talk for a long time. Um, anyway. Pop culture. Watched a few movies. Uh, have you been catching anything recent? Uh, that sounds weird. <laughs> have you watched anything recently, Chris? Uh, yeah. So while I was on the road, um, you know, trying to pass the time as I am trying to fall asleep. Um, and so I was flipping through the channels, caught um, part of the latest Shaft movie with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, yeah pretty fantastic i gotta admit like so much better than the 2000 you know one that they did with him yeah um just yeah uh a million times better what have you seen that one i have i the kid that plays the son is actually in the boys yeah Yeah. he's a train yeah (laughs) i saw that because i recognized him i was like who is that kid (laughs) that was a great movie i thought it was funny I started watching with Chris, and uh, it's like, what was the weird part? It's kind of like, yeah, I might be turning into like a shaft type of dad because <laughs> you notice some of the generational things where things I may say or do are, are acceptable, but it's like frowned upon. Have <laughs> you ever told him I have a system? <laughs> oh, I've definitely. Do I, you have a Puerto Ricans I don't trust file? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. You know, I'm sad we didn't talk about the uh, J-Lo and Shakira Super Bowl halftime show. I thought we did talk about that. I mean, we, I guess it was very briefly, but. Yeah, and we should have talked about it a lot more. Uh, I, I'm just in love with her. I, Jennifer Which Lopez. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, okay. If they were in a death match. <laughs> no, that's that's cruel. But I, I just love Jennifer Lopez. It's, she's amazing. Very God talented. bless Puerto Rico. Anyway, but yeah, I thought that was a great movie. It's pretty funny. Uh, a lot of it was, it was kind of campy in some areas, but, but I didn't that's really what you care. want from like a Shaft movie, you know, like, yeah. and that's, that's where, like, I think some movies kind of mess themselves up because they try to take themselves too seriously, right? you know, or right. like they can't figure out how to balance the campy with like the action stuff. And that's what I thought, like the Shaft movie did a pretty good job of, of you know, like it was good humor there was good action scenes like it wasn't like you know the matrix style or you know like anything like oh my god this is groundbreaking you know action but it was just fun you know it was just a fun movie um and i loved how like there's just so much profanity throughout the (laughs) entire film um (laughs) it's just great i mean you can't have a sam jackson movie without him saying you know whatever mother yeah <laughs> it's just gonna happen at so. least a half a dozen times yeah 
See, and yeah. so like um, I also watched that new Netflix movie Spencer Confidential with Mark Wahlberg. As did I. And I don't know. I mean, okay, so I get they cut that trailer to make that movie look like a completely different movie than what it actually was, right? It it was, you know, all right. So, uh, male insecurity. Tenchi's like, oh, Mark Wahlberg, and she gives me that smile. I'm like, come on, not Mark Wahlberg. She's like, yeah, I remember him in the Calvin Klein like advertisements. Say I'm like, you're ruining mother for me. <laughs> yeah, you're ruining the movie before it even starts, and it's in Boston, and he's got this ridiculous Massachusetts accent. There was a lot of things that were like stacking against that movie for me. Yeah, um, and. Are you kidding me? That, that it didn't make sense. Like there, it was a, it was a good movie to watch. No, it wasn't. But there was, there was no logic in the movie. There was oh none, and there were okay. I I wholeheartedly disagree that it was a good movie to watch. Like it was it's painful a, just, to watch. It was a Saturday night movie you watch just because you're bored. It's that's. I know. I'm sorry. I expect more from my movies than what that gave me like the whole thing was it was like they should I, I i don't know who to blame because it's it was either just horrible writing or the director completely botched what they were trying to establish but it was like the they had to explain so i mean there was literally a point where mark Wahlberg exposition, exposition, is exposition. drawing a triangle on a piece of paper with the names of people who've already died and then puts a freaking question, question mark. mark and then at one point he's like who killed boylan why and then double underlines the why like really how how stupid do you think the audience is? But then it's like they did that, but then had other areas where they just completely forgot to explain how that was supposed to make sense. Yeah, I was confused that the Trinidarian gang spoke Spanish and they were all Dominican. Yeah. That was that was completely confusing to me. And I'm no like, guns, just machetes. Except at the end when they all had guns. <laughs> I, I was I was super okay. So in my defense, there are some movies I watch just because they're there. This is, I mean, in that I did. I sat through and watched the whole thing because after an hour and twenty minutes, I was like, "Well, there's only forty minutes left," <laughs> and I went, "Oh, geez, they're two hours." Um, I also felt like the the guy from uh, Black Panther. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, 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 who played yeah. Hawk, like. I mean, I don't know what his range is, but he's lacking, bro. It, it was felt, super, he had like this crappy it, accent. I'm yeah, it felt really happy? underutilized. Like he was just kind of there more than anything. He's like six foot eight. Yeah, and the kid asks him, "Are you a giant?" I'm like, "This is all right. Forget the tropes. Forget the exposition. Just to have exposition." And the guy that you get to play the bad cop. There's a couple things with that. One, he's from the Bronx, and you can't take that out of his accent. So I was like, dude, he's totally from the Bronx. He doesn't – this is Massachusetts. This is Boston. In Southie Boston. We'll just give him a one. toothpick. <laughs> yeah, just give him a toothpick. That'll throw everybody off. And then how was this guy who was the partner at the beginning, Yeah, the ringleader at the end of the movie, and why is the captain like being like manhandled by the freaking sergeant? <laughs> 
<laughs> no sense. None of it whatsoever. I was so I was lost on so many different levels. I was I didn't I was just like, all right, I got to stop thinking while I'm watching this movie because it's not supposed to make sense. Yeah. And that's where I left it. At. But I I I can't really I I cannot excuse movies that show up and say please suspend all belief i mean like a little bit yes there are you know in the like in the fast and the furious movies when they're driving yeah, from building to building you know like yes there are those are ridiculous over-the-top moments but th- again like i feel like there's a way to do it where it's kind of like a wink and a nod like yeah we know this is a little crazy but didn't it look kind of cool and that's the thing is like <laughs> In this movie, I didn't feel like there were any of like that. That wasn't the payoff. It wasn't like, you know. Well, they're they're pretty passionate about the Riviera and the uh, and Black Betty. Yeah, and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I really, I didn't care. I mean, if, all right, let's start off where the movie kind of lost me. I can't stand Post Malone. Oh yeah, no, that too. I was like, is this really just like a Post Malone vehicle? Where they're like, well, we need something where we can use Post Malone. I know. Let's put him in prison. I yeah. I no. I can't. I, there's nothing about him I like. There's so quick side note about Post Malone, right? Like, do you hear this thing where all of his fans or a bunch of his fans got like really concerned about him because of some performance recently, where he was like rolling around on stage and all this stuff, and he came out. He's like, no, I feel the best I've ever felt in my life, and I'm like you're now concerned about a dude that covered his entire face with stupid tattoos. Like he's an idiot. Now you're worried about his behavior. I, I, yeah, I'm not a fan. Like I, I, I know there's when you no, it doesn't give your movie any credibility. It just kind of like, it's like you could have got Jeff, um, anybody, Jeff Goldblum or somebody, you get it. Or I think it's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, Bridges. Pick a Jeff. I mean, pick pick somebody. Like you could have got Santa Claus in that movie, and it would have been better than Post Malone. Yeah. Um. Anyway, like that. Yeah, that just hurt my feelings. I don't like Post Malone. They should have got Aaron Paul. That would have been better. I mean, anybody, man. Like you could pick like anybody from the cast or crew of Cats, and it would have made the movie that much better. Um, was, also, was it just me, or was every like? Hispanic or like Latino person in that movie, just a horrible caricature of like uh, that stereo, like those stereotypes. Like the guy yeah. at the restaurant, he's that like, was, Oh, you like the burritos? Yes. The carne asada? Yes. I'm just like, Yo, it was. Am so- I watching this right now? This is 2020. Like, and this is what we're putting on Netflix. And then oh, I also love Netflix is like, this is number one in the U.S. right now. Like, yeah, of course, your new movie is number Could one. You in- put Mark Wahlberg on the, on the, as this, you know, titular ca- character. And basically the only reason I watched it. Yeah. So next. <laughs> so two thumbs down. Actually, you know what? I, I still think it's a good it's a good lazy movie just to watch and say it's like I Frankenstein, right? Terrible movie, terrible, terrible, terrible movie. But I watched it and I was like, okay, I'll move on. I've watched every Fast and Furious movie. None of the, 
the laws of physics do not exist in that world. But see, again, like, there's a trade-off in that mind. So, like, uh, the new Jumanji movie. I, I, yeah, I did watch that. It's, now again, not as great as the first one, I would say. But watching the, the Rock do his Danny DeVito impression and Kevin Hart's Danny Glover. Yes. Holy those, cow. That was spot on. Like that, It was, I mean, that was kind of cool. I, I'm not a fan of, I know you, I like The Rock and I think I'd probably watch any movie for the most part that The Rock's in. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just pretty baller. That movie sucks, man. I just can't, I can't get my head around it. And then I know where they kind of get me and they hook me is because it's a video game. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the only moment of intrigue for me. It's like, oh, okay, I could totally see. Then I'm like, once I, you know, if I forget it's a video game, I don't care about the movie. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Why is this ostrich like running like 200 miles an hour? <laughs> Why are there like 900 that? They didn't see the ostriches like coming. Like, no, anyway. it's a video game. Yeah. So it's, you know, and I'm not really. I'm on the fence about Kevin Hart. Like, I don't think his stand-ups has been that funny. And I think he's a pretty decent comedic actor. I think he should stick to acting. I don't think he's a good comedian. So I I like seeing him in movies more so than comedy. Yeah, like, I watched him. one of his stand-ups recently, and it was pretty hit or miss. Like, yeah. I, he has some, some funny bits, but overall, I just, like... His shtick gets kind of old when it's just him over and over again, you know, and that's where yeah. I feel like him and The Rock usually do a good job in their movies, kind of balancing each other out, right? Like that, well, but um, like CIA or was it C- yeah, something? Uh, Central Intelligence? Yeah, it's, yeah, that was a pretty good movie. I think they they definitely did there, and I think he's probably and then you know not a professional, but I think he's just better off as being a comedic actor. He's not a very funny stand-up comedian, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, Pete Davidson, I watched his special. I was just going to say, speaking of stand-up comedians, and um, what do you think? Yeah, it was boy. he's funny <laughs> on SNL. <laughs> his stand-up was kind of like meh, it was, and I don't even like that word, but I really felt meh. He had a couple of, you know, like doubles, and that's about it. It just wasn't very. It wasn't me, you know. Like I get, yeah, like I'm not stuff, surprised. I, yeah, his stuff about the city was funny. His stuff about Ariana Grande was funny. And everything else was kind of like, yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> so, I, Yeah, I, I enjoyed it overall. Um, you know, like, I, it's it was a different style. I mean, he just has his own kind of, you know, unique delivery in the way that he's he, like, he approaches He's kind it. of anxious when he delivers. So, oh, very yeah. much so, yeah. That, that makes me feel like it's kind of like he's like freestyling his whole set, <laughs> so. which, which I kind of like, you know, like I like that feel to it, you know, where it's kind oh, of yeah? like, I'm just going to go with whatever, you know, like wherever the conversation takes me, it makes you feel like each, each performance is unique in its own way. And that, you know, is kind of cool. Mm. I mean, I think yeah. again, right. Like there are certain, certain performance for performers. You want to see but like do the, the thing that, you know they're known for and you know for pete like he he doesn't have like a bit really that he does necessarily so it's like you know if he's just gonna get up there and kind of riff like 
as long as it ends up being generally funny, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I liked it. I just didn't really, I, I don't think I've ever seen him do stand up before. So that, yeah, that I was mean, the first time I'd, I'd watched him do it either. Um, yeah. So probably won't do that again. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hurt Pete's feelings. Yeah. He cares. Right. Like uh, I, I like him on SNL. He brings a, a real, uh, he brings some of the old SNL back to SNL when he's, you know, actually on the show, yeah. um, which that show is like falling off. If I'm being honest, um, I actually watched, I just like to watch the weekend update because everything else is not really that funny. Yeah. I do like Colin Jost and Michael Shea. They have a good rapport on that. Yeah. Imagine that a black guy and a white guy making people laugh. That's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. Who would, who would have ever imagined? It's been a work. <laughs> it's been a working formula since, uh, uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, taking it huh. back old school. <laughs> yeah, because I am old. <laughs> oh man. So, um, all right. So I watched this, or part of the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Yeah, I'm I haven't not- seen that yet, but you were telling me a little bit about it. Oh my gosh! Talk about. It's it's my feelings on it are weird because I I think that L.A. County and actually California of itself is a pretty large well it has a large population but what I don't understand is their their need to privatize like how they dispatch care for children and I I think that's wrong I I do believe there are places where private industry does a better job than government and. It, limits the bureaucracy but when it causes like child protective services isn't that place basically um and when you do watch it and i don't want to i mean they're well not being mean spoiler kid dies but the gaps where the system failed um just it it just made me angry i couldn't like i you know tachi was watching it and there are certain things where like I'm just not going to watch. I don't like prison movies. I don't like war movies. I'm not, there's some things like, nah, some stuff is real. And I don't know how you can dramatize that in documentaries. They kind of sucked me in lately, but I caught a glimpse of it. I was, you know, going back to my office and it was like, what are you watching? And then I listened a little bit more. I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. And then later on, I watched the last three or four episodes and I was appalled by, just the breaks in the system. Um, and what Techie said, you know, it kind of, it kind of hit home. She goes, what's sad for me is that if it was a white kid, they would have reacted differently. And, and I, you know, I kind of agree, you yeah. know, just, just pissed me off even more. I think, I think the failures are privatizing certain things. They should not be privatized. And number two, we keep talking about accountability and it's not accountability. It's responsibility. You get paid to do a job, do your damn job. So uh, if you haven't watched that, please do. I think it's, uh, it's kind of telling of, of where our society's at as far as, you know, do we have our, our finger on the pulse of some of the things that are actually happening around us? So well, yeah, like yeah. where are our priorities, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I really, I mean, I really don't. Um, anyway, so that was, that got really deep real quick, but yeah, that's it. 
That's up, a well pull up, pull up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh. Um, huh, that's entertainment. Sports. So we have the ACC tournament starting tonight. Yeah. Um, well, the second ACC tournament because that women's wolf pack won the first yeah, one. Yeah. That's that's true. I had to throw that in there. Yeah. I mean, first uh, first ACC tournament championship for the NC State women since 1991. First uh, championship in men's football, basketball, baseball, or women's basketball since 1992 at NC State. Congratulations. So, so all the state fans out there, you know, hats off. I'm not, I don't have any state jokes. Um, yeah, I don't because that would be wrong. But we've got number 14, UNC, going against number 11, Virginia Tech. I don't know how on God's green earth uh, did UNC get rated like in the top 25, but I guess oh, no. it was a lot. They're not rated in the top 25. They're the number 14 seed in the tournament. I was like... I don't know what's wrong with the internet. I know, right? I, like, I, I hate it when they do that. Um, like, I mean, like, I kind of I, I get it to a certain degree, but it's like... Yeah, they should just take that. We shouldn't even have a seed. We should just be playing just to play. It's just like, it's our farewell tour, you know, game of the season. Well, you guys um, can ruin somebody else's season. How's that? Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that State ended up on the other side of the bracket from Carolina because you guys are apparently like one of the only teams in the ACC we couldn't beat this year. And that's – well, we should all be – I mean, that's the fact, though. Typically – and I don't want Carolina to become like this um, like late-season team either, you know? Like, no, the- I mean, it's – Look, you guys had some really crappy injuries early on. You lost Cole Anthony for a little bit there. It's hard to come back and gel with the team chemistry and everything. So, I mean, it was an off year, but I don't think that that's indicative of how Carolina is going to be. Last year was an off year, too. So you got to get, I mean. Well, then I guess it's time to fire Roy. Goodbye, Roy. We're only going to fire Roy if he makes any more stupid comments like, this is the most untalented team I've ever seen in the world, ever. <laughs> then I'm starting a petition. Like, I'm just going to start a petition. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to – I am not. Eh, I don't know if I'm going to watch any games. I'm kind of, like, hooked on the whole, like, primary thing still. But we'll, we'll talk more about that. But the uh, U.S. women's team is – they're baller, man. I, I wish they could get paid the same as the men's team, but we'll never see that happen. Anytime soon. No. Um, I, I think that's crap. I think they deserve, like, the U.S. women's team has actually made soccer exciting for non, well, I guess for casual fans to watch soccer because they're so dominant. And I I don't think that it's fair, or not, not fair, I don't think it's right that they get paid less money. Um, even, yeah. if you looked at, even if you look at attendance, if you looked at, um, ratings they do they i'd much rather them. go watch the women play than the men right now actually well i okay that's fair but i, I wouldn't i'd watch both right so, but i do think if the argument is that the men's team is better that's a stupid argument because they've actually won the gold or they've yeah. won 
cups like multiple times over the last you know, six years. They've gone to the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Let's start there, gentlemen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't get it. It's an um, honor just to get an invitation. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're killing it right now. Um, and I also saw there's a – gosh, I can't remember that kid's name. This kid for the Brewers – uh, outfielder, he could potentially make up to, I think it's $50 million until 2050. There's sick money in baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> ton of, tons of money in baseball. There's sick money. I, I, man. Baseball anyway. has been very, very good to me. I know, right? <laughs> sick poppy. <laughs> um, did you, you listen to sports radio at all here in the Triangle? No. No. I listen to Bamani, like, um, probably in, in my white noise like arsenal yeah i was just curious there's a the big change up going on at 99.9 the fan where uh long time afternoon radio host dave glenn is having his show canceled uh and so i adam, heard about that. adam gold is going to take over that slot and then joe Giglio from the um news and observer is going to co-host with joe ovies now in the afternoon um so I, for one, am happy that Dave Glenn has finally gone because I could never really stand listening to him. Um, but I don't listen to that much around here anymore anyway, so it didn't impact me. It ultimately doesn't impact me. I don't drive around as much in the afternoons as I used to. So, Yeah. That's why you have to get your white noise arsenal up, man. Yeah. Um, uh, it's usually Bob's Burgers. I mean, that's my white noise at this point. I've seen every episode so many times that I literally just have it playing in the background all day long. Like. That's crazy. When I was on the yeah. road, because my dad, like we, you know, we were sharing a room a couple of times, and uh, loved the guy to death, but he is a notoriously loud snorer, uh, <laughs> and so I, he would fall asleep before me, and I, the first night I was sitting there, I was like, you know, I knew I should have brought earplugs, and like just forgot to go to the store and get them, and so I'm sitting there like, what am I gonna do? Unfortunately, I just remembered that I had my. Um, headphones my wireless headphones so i just put one ear in and laid down on the other one and i was able to fall asleep and i was playing bob's burgers while i was sleeping <laughs> that reminds me of a time like years ago i went to a training class and um, i had a roommate and this guy's like six five six six big dude and like at least 325 super big dude and um he kept insisting that we turn the air conditioner down I'm like, okay, because I'm like scared. I'm like, like I'm not trying to pick a fight close quarters with this guy that can yeah, right? snap me in half, right? And I'm like freezing. And then that night I hear this thump, thump, thump. And I look up, dude, like in his sleep, would raise his leg up and just drop it on the, on the bed. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I, I don't, okay, I just got to go to sleep. It's going to be okay. Next night. He's like, yo, it's so hot in here. It's like 32 degrees, bro. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? And then the next morning, I get my coffee. I'm like, look, bro, we got to talk. Two things. One, it's cold in here. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, I had to get like an extra freaking blanket and, and it's cold. I, I can't deal with that. And could you do me a favor? Could you put like a pillow underneath your big like <laughs> mutton top as you drop? Tree trunk legs. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I hate sharing rooms. That was the last time I did that. I was like, anytime I got out of town, 
I, I don't care what training class I'm getting my own room. I just can't share a room with anybody. Yeah. And I'm, you know, fortunately, uh, my company normally, uh, doesn't have a problem footing the bill for everybody to get individual rooms. Cause yeah, I, it's always nice to just have your own personal space to go back to. Uh, yeah. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I digress, but you do. Yeah. Hey, did you hear that um, the Carolina Hurricanes um, are going to do an outdoor hockey game at Carter Finley Stadium? I think next year. Why? It's this like series that the NHL does. It's supposed to be like an old, you know, like a throwback to the original glory days of hockey, and they do it. They've been doing it at like Soldier Field in Chicago. They've done it um, in a couple other places, and so um, was it Tom. Um, Dundon, I think, is the owner for the Hurricanes now. Uh, he's been pushing for it for a hot minute, basically since he got here. Um, and so they finally, this year, got everything approved. So next year they'll be doing an outdoor hockey game, which I think, I don't know, I think it could be kind of kind of cool to go watch. Um, no, I would, I don't, I'd watch it, but I, I just, it's North Carolina. It's, it's freaking March. It's 70 degrees today. <laughs> it's like three weeks ago it was like 65 i mean and last week it was like 30 so (laughs) yeah i I mean we live in the like the bermuda triangle of weather oh yeah it's you don't like the weather just wait 10 minutes (laughs) yeah uh oh okay that's dope all right so i want to go back to the brewers player christian uh, ulick Uh, 215 million dollars he can get deferred money up until 2042 over the next 22 years wow that's insane that's like that's freaking he's an outfielder yeah he's an outfielder he is, i mean he's got a good swing but good night man that just blows my mind yeah i mean they they pay stupid money in baseball and that those contracts a lot of those contracts have big huge chunks that are guaranteed which is insane yeah the nfl needs some guaranteed money <laughs> i know the, i know the team owners are like they're getting their cash. So oh, yeah. I mean, you heard, um, was it Russell Okung filed a lawsuit against the NFL Players Association saying that they've been negotiating this latest CBA in yeah. poor faith, basically, uh, and not in the players' best interests and all this stuff. And Well, I don't – so the 18-game stretch is – that for me, that's the one part where it's like, you don't need 18 games. No, uh, I, I know why the owners want to add it because it's money, but yeah, it's not going to do anything but dilute the product on the field. You know, what you're going to end up with is what you see like in the NBA where they're going to start like sitting guys, right? Like that last week of the season is half the time it's garbage games anyways, because it's teams that are resting guys for the playoffs. Like, right. why are you going to add one more of those? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that uh, the CBA is all right. This, okay, let me merge this to my other thought that I had a couple weeks ago. I think the XFL, if the NFL continues to do what they're doing, they're going to drive talent away. Yeah, and for it, the guy, could, that, but there has to be a viable alternative, right? And that's where for the XFL, the problem is money right now is that they're, they're not able to pay the levels of money that the NFL is. Well, if you give the NFL a few more seasons, which, you know, probably let's say 10 seasons, realistically, they, they're going to dwindle their, 
Well, that's, that's probably not true because I'm still going to be a Broncos fan in 10 years from now. So, but they're going to make their league less competitive. And I think that there, there should be a voice from the players as to, uh, as to what their destiny looks like. And I think the players get the, the short end of the stick a lot of times in the NFL. Yeah. Um, the NBA, not so much. I think they have probably more negotiating power. The MLB, same thing. NHL, I don't, I don't follow the trades that much there, but those guys seem to be happy. They don't have that many strikes. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, part of it is just the way that the – there's a couple of different things, I think, that play against the not in the NFL players' favor. You know, I think, one, like, those guys are out there with a helmet on making them yeah. just less recognizable in general, right? Like when you're on TV, it's a, it's not as easy to recognize you when you have your helmet off and stuff like that. But um, I think the other is that there's so many more players in the NFL than there are in the NBA. The NBA also just does a good job of promoting its star players, like the marketing department and stuff like that, I think, you know, really pushes those guys out there. And that's what gives them a lot more leverage. And you've seen some pushback i think you know in the last few years against you know whether it's supposedly noise from fans which i think is less likely than it is ownership having concern about players you know kind of determining where it is that they're going and building these super teams by you know collaborating and, and all of that um but i you know you look at what adam silver to me has done a pretty good job so far of kind of just walking that tightrope like he's not out there like Roger Goodell you know like wanting to be in the middle right. of everything um and wanting credit for everything I guess is um and and seems to be more like just in that like almost like a moderator kind of role you know where he's like hey I'm here to make sure that everything just kind of continues to go smoothly and we all make lots of money and are happy in what we're doing but, yeah I don't I, I know Goodell got gets a lot of flack, but I don't think he's, you know, as bad of a person as people like to portray him. To be. No, I, I mean, I agree. I think ultimately I don't, I don't think that Goodell is a bad person, you know? No, like, it's not, a, yeah, not as personship. It's just a matter of like, as far as like his control of what, you know, of the things that the owners of those teams have more sway than what people believe. And Goodell was kind of the scapegoat sometimes. And he's like, look, I have to keep all the cats in right. order. And it's a lot like the, you know, the NFL is just like the NCAA, right? Where it's right. the, the, they're managing themselves essentially. And so it's not a matter of like the one person at the top who's sitting there, you know, in that figurehead role. It's really that you have all of these organizations who have come together and said, well, collectively, this is how we're going to manage ourselves. And these are the rules that we're going to abide by, but we're the same ones who are going to be enforcing this on ourselves. So if we don't want to abide by it, well, then who are who are we really in trouble with? But the other people we have to sit across the table from. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I um I don't know. It's it's I know Denver's still going through the whole who actually owns a team uh, lawsuit, and that's eventually going to erupt in, in somebody's face where they may have to sell ownership or whatever. And I hope they figure that out. Um, sometime soon but you'll i believe that you'll see that more the more and more teams are as the families lose that control of the team you'll start to see the the underpinnings of the nfl start to fall apart and i i, I hate to be mr doom and gloom but i do kind of i'm guessing that 
that's probably going to start to be more the norm. And I, I, you see some of the stability of the league not be the stability of, of the league anymore, yeah. where a, Bol, a Pat Boland would have you know, done things to keep his players happy and keep people loyal to, you know, to the organization, whereas, you know, or Jerry Jones, he rules under a tight dictatorship. So as those people start to wane off and they start to sh- sell more of the uh, ownership shares, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the league can survive all that. The, the turmoil and the uncertainty of where the league is and its future are, are starting to get like wiped out. And now they're getting taken to court about the whole NFL ticket thing. So the things that have kept them strong and able to generate so much money, they're losing control of that every season, every day. So we'll see. Uh, One more sports topic. Uh, Spike Lee. Oh, my gosh. And what is going on with the Knicks, man? Yo. So I, I, as a Knicks fan, I had to get your take on this. Like, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Like I'm sorry, I, but I had to. <laughs> I saw the amount of money that my man spent on going to games, and I was like, "Wow, that's insane." That I don't know. I I don't know. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing I can say. I know. I I don't know. And the whole thing where it's like, you know, the initial confrontation being what it was, you know, when he's on the elevator and they're telling him like, oh, you're not allowed to use this elevator anymore. And he's like, you, this is the elevator I've used for 30 years. Um, And then, you know, they showed him like shaking hands and laughing with Jim Dolan later. And then but it was the press release that the Knicks released after that, where it's like, we've informed him multiple times that he's not allowed, you know, and he's like, are you you kidding me like you know you know what i mean the amount of money that and the support that spike lee and i'm not you know i'm not all in on spike lee for everything yeah but but he's like one it's like the crazy dude with the ten thousand dollar like belt that's at the, all the lakers games yeah um there are some people or, or the 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 super fans at nfl games that paint their bodies and, and they become like part of the culture of the you, you gotta something sometimes you gotta bend and i you know what i don't know because i'm a knicks fan i want carmelo back <laughs> can we just make that happen then i'll i'll let you guys ride for a little bit but come on man like i was, I was listening to bomani earlier and he was saying something about you know looking back now like what carmelo did while he was there really was kind of underappreciated considering like he never complained about the circus going on behind him. The only time they've won a playoff series in like the last 20 years, like all this stuff. And it's like, wow, you know, now I understand why Knicks fans love Carmelo. (laughs) (laughs) So I have two K 16 with mellow on it. I will never let that game die because that's the only roster I like. Yep. You know, yep. J.R. Smith. I mean, it's like, you got Yeah, so I, I don't. All right, I'm a Knicks fan. I, I don't. I can't defend the organization, but I can defend Spike Lee. Like, I, I'm sorry. I can't defend, like, the crappy decisions they've made, but I want I want the Knicks to do better. Just try harder, guys. Yeah. Like, um, don't apologize. Just change the behavior. Just change the behavior. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't bring that. I'm like, that's an, this is some embarrassing Knicks news. And I, like you saw my tweet, I, I just want Carmelo back. That's all I want. Yep. Give me Carmelo back. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I would love I, to see Carmelo and Dennis Smith Jr. play together. Oh, man. So my thing with the Knicks is like, I try to avoid headlines because I get depressed sometimes. Like I really, like a part of me dies when, when like, when I hear like Knicks news. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. No, it's I like, understand. I mean, I'm the same way when it, with, with state stuff. Like, you know, if it's bad news, I don't, I'll stay off. You know, like I'll stay off the internet. Basically, like <laughs> it used to be. I mean, if state lost like a basketball or a football game, man, I couldn't go on ESPN for a week. I mean, like I would basically stay off until they won a game. Yeah, it's really bad. I I'm at that level with the Knicks. I can I can toughen through. I'm pretty tough with the Broncos bad news. I'm tough with the Yankees bad press. But when it comes to the Knicks, it's like I just want to go to the damn playoffs. That's well, all I and want. I guess like that's the thing that's like you sh- you are basically begging people to come to games, and here's a guy that's throwing millions of dollars at you to to come to games and you're basically telling him not to come anymore. <laughs> Dude, I, I want to see like, all right, not everybody appreciates the antics that Spike Lee has about the Knicks. Sure. But we also like, I get pissed sometimes. It's like when Drake kept popping up at every Raptors game. Yeah. Right. But it, it, like, especially for an outside fan, like it gets annoying, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, but Spike, has been around like the Knicks organization ever since he could afford to get tickets to the games. And he's become part, he really has become part of the institution. If you say that's not worth anything, what does that tell like Joe Blow that probably gets to go to two games their lifetime about, you know, how they're treated as a fan. So yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, you guys can figure something out because it's not that the long play is not worth it at the end. So that's, that's how I look at it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think even to Spike's point, right? Like, just have the conversation with me, you know, like if that's if it's that big of a deal, come talk to me about it and let me know. And like, let's figure something out. But don't make it this, you know, like you're going to have your because he even said like he went up the elevator to the fifth floor and it was like. He, you know, he like they thought he was robbing the place, you know, like <laughs> they had like 10 freaking security guards waiting for him to get off the elevator. <laughs> and it's like, I yeah, I just can't even imagine. You know, I mean, to me, like maybe this is not an apt comparison, but if he like Michael Jordan getting kicked out of, you know, the Dean Dome, like no, right? <laughs> somebody That's telling Jordan, you can't park here. Like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I can park on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It, it is. It actually is a pretty good comparison. You know, people that actually make up some of the, the history of that organization, I mean, don't piss on them. Like, yeah. go have your pissing contest somewhere else. Or like know? the Lakers kicking out Jack Nicholson, you know, like, yeah, he's always sitting there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, I killed my LinkedIn account. Oh, you did. I did. I um, it wasn't really a hard decision. I so thought I about. I do it. have one less connection. You know, I thought it went down. 
I was thinking about um, I don't know what happened. Like there was an advertisement or somebody like hawking something. I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I was like, delete it. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, idiot. I like the you bury me deleting my account so deep into this your settings. I'm pretty confident this is what I want to do. Yeah. No, I got here by mistake. <laughs> and now that you ask me that question, I'm definitely going to do it. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't see the value. And then like Twitter, I'm having to take Twitter in, in phases because of all the, all the political crap. Yeah. It's just like, I have to figure out a way to navigate that because I can see how people get depressed with social media. It's very uh, easy. And I, you know, and there is like, there's a lot of stuff out there because you'll, you'll see like a, you know, a post and there'll be a thread. And so you'll start reading and reading and reading and reading. And then it's responses and responses. And you're just like, it, it can get really depressing. Um, I was try to just remind myself not to go too deep you know yeah. <laughs> don't go so far for. down unless you know those specific rabbit holes that i can't find my way back out you'll find what you're looking for man it's it's really um it's really insane but i i just really feel like linkedin um isn't really serving a purpose and i'm sorry it's a marketing tool yeah that's um, i was gonna say i mean ultimately that's exactly what it's become it's not it's not for networking professionals anymore it's for like recruiting and hiring and basically it's a it's a career marketing platform more than it is a social network yeah and i decide well that's not me i i just don't i don't care enough i and it's it's really um it's it's like like i said before if, if i know you and i've reached out to you I probably have your contact information somewhere. And if there's something I want to share with you, I can probably share it with people. Or I know enough people that are still on social media where it's like, Hey, you know, if you want to share this with other people, please, you know, have at it. But I just didn't need one more thing to feel like I'm um, like tied to it and <laughs> like feeling guilty for getting rid of it. Yeah. Uh, Tetchy and I were talking about something the other night and I've, I've been telling her this for a while and lo and behold, an advertisement showed up in Facebook about what we we're talking about. And I'm like, would you just turn off the microphone settings? When you <laughs> remove that permission from Facebook. And she goes, well, I, didn't, I don't know what she said. I was like, babe, just tell them no. And she goes, Instagram too? I'm like, yes, they are listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the intention is. I'm not saying it's it's malicious. So I just think it's like it's no. I think it's ninety nine point nine percent targeted marketing based. Like right. they want to pick up on keywords so they can show you what you are, what it is that you're thinking about or talking about in that moment, in the hopes that you are ready to make a purchase. And that's, I don't think I okay. I think the intent was possibly good when they came up with that. I just think that at some level most people don't know that settings on their phone or their device, or they gave that application permission to do that. Right. That's wrong. Yes. Like I know on Android, it'll ask you, do you want to give this application permission to do these things? And yeah, you can always and, and on, the, on the iPhones and stuff, I think especially, I mean it, there, I know that there are notifications that pop up. That'll be like, you know, uh, so-and-so wants access to your camera. So-and-so wants access to your microphone, you know, photos, like whatever it is. 
Um, but a lot of the times what it is, right? Like with the Facebook thing, it's saying that when I'm doing something like I'm trying to, you know, record a live video or post something on Facebook where I'm taking a, a photo within the app. And then it's like, oh, well, while I have this, now that I have access to your microphone, I'm also just going to be listening to you all the time. I didn't tell you that that's also something that I was going to do, but you gave me access to your microphone. So now I get to use it for whatever I want because buried deep within our terms and conditions that you signed way back when, when you created your account and that you agree to every time you log into Facebook, basically, you know, we get to do whatever the hell we want with all of your data. Yeah, hard pass. Let's talk about technology. Do you hear the stories about uh, like the police departments that are using Google location services to basically cast reverse location dragnets where they'll give they basically can file a warrant to Google that says we want all device anonymized device information um, available within this specific like area during this time period where we believe a crime occurred. And then they'll hone in on specific devices that for whatever reason they feel are suspicious and then go and get more information from Google and Google will basically give it to them unless they will notify you and say like, Hey, you have 14 days to reply. Otherwise, you know, we're going to release this information to this police department or whatever it is that's investigating this. There's this case where this kid, you know, like used a uh, app to track his bike rides through his neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. So I did. Yeah, I did hear about this. And then, you know, like a neighbor neighborhood, older woman gets her house gets burglarized. And all of a sudden he gets an email from Google saying, Hey, you know, the police department thinks you're a suspect and we're going to release all this information. Now, thank God his parents, you know, footed the bill a few thousand bucks for a lawyer so that the lawyer came in and said, absolutely not, you know, like, and blocked it all. And then they were able to, to show that like, Hey, he does this all the time. So he wasn't an actual suspect, but I mean, crazy stuff. Like there was another dude out in um, like Arizona where, and that, that other one was crazy where like the um, police arrested him at his work um, because his phone had pinged in that area, but had also pinged his account had pinged in like three different locations because he was logged into multiple devices uh, and then his stepfather had basically stolen his car and then gone and committed this murder. And they arrested this dude, even though they had like all this evidence that it wasn't him. Yeah, I'm I'm probably on the fence on that one. I think that the geo fence. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I lost right into that one. Yeah, you did. Um, I think so. I, I do believe there's a, a place for technology and solving crimes. If, if you think about London and there's a lot of other, you know, metros in, in Europe that mm -hmm. they're heavily um, monitored. So at, at the drop of a dime, they can say, oh, where are we at? Uh, you know, who's at this? That's how they dispatch the police in London, actually, for most of the UK. Yeah. So I'm on the fence about that. I think that there should be some level of better detective work when it comes to assigning the or, or accusing somebody of being a, a suspect so could it help could it prevent things probably so could it be uh, abused yeah probably so um yeah and so I think, you know it, it comes to like what to what will to what level are we willing to give up 
you know, freedoms and, and the level of privacy, right. In right. order to develop a certain level of security. And I think that's, that's where a lot of, you know, the, um, dystopian like orwellian style futures right. <laughs> come from is this sense of oh well the government's going to basically trick us into thinking that we're we're not safe in order for us to give up our our freedom so that they can control us more and i mean it, it's hard not to look at some of the stuff that goes on and and feel like maybe it's not orchestrated to that degree but that people certainly look at it and see an opportunity to take advantage of that yeah, I mean, for for every good thing that you can invent, you can also have the same person take that same knowledge and make it and weaponize it. So I don't know. So again, I, that's something I'd be on the fence about. Um, it, then you could always just turn off your location to services on your device. So there's a lot of there's a lot of ins and outs of that. So I, you yeah. know, the average person, I, I don't know. I, that's weird. Um, I I do feel comfortable that Google actually has to get your permission to release the information. Well, so the whole thing was not that Google had to get your permission. They released the anonymized information without any warning whatsoever. And then once the police requested the non-anonymized information, Google sent a notification saying, we're going to release this unless you tell us not to. Basically, unless you file a lawsuit preventing us from doing so. Huh. It's no different. I mean, telecarriers can do the same thing anyway. So it's like... Yeah. It, it's like you want to pick on the bigger. But I, I, I feel like the, with the telecarriers, the warrants tend to be like it's not the same. It's more precise. A cellular ping is more precise than the, the GPS locations you can get off the um, off of somebody's GPS or the GPS from their device. Yeah. Like you have very and it's very specific information. It's like so I, I thought the this. cell phone pings were only within like would give you the tower that it pinged off of. Mm. So that that they were less precise than the than the GPS would be. But I don't I don't know for sure. Cause I'm not super familiar with that technology. Yeah, neither am I. But I I'm under the. Well, then we'll I'm just assume the, that I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I I don't know how I feel about that, but. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's just something to think about, you know, like, cause I mean, I do, I use, there's apps that I use where I allow location services, you know, and I don't even necessarily know they, for all I know, they're using Google. And that was the kind of the case here where the app used Google location services in order to track his bike rides. And so it wasn't even necessarily that like he was using Google or something like that. It was right. that, you know, gotcha. like, that app and so it's just there's a lot of that stuff where it's kind of like i just think there needs to be more transparency and i think it also shows the need for probably more clear rules and regulations in terms of how that information can be used because typically with police warrant stuff the way that a you know it works is that they they narrow to a, a specific suspect and then request a warrant based on the information that they have the evidence that they've built and this is basically the opposite saying well we know that a crime occurred here. So just give us everybody that was in this area and we'll go see if any of them are the guilty ones. And that to me feels, I mean, and you're like, there's, that's a broad stroke. It is. It's very it. broad. And that's, that's where I think it's, it feels like it's a little, it's more broad than it should be, you know? Yeah. I, again, I would, I'm, I'm on the fence about that. I think that, um, but I also don't, I'm all for smaller government. So, 
I think that especially, and I'm also for, you know, more accurate policing of, of places as well. So that opens up a can of worms, you know? Um, Wow. That's, that's pretty sad. I, yeah, I'm on the fence and I'd have to ponder that for a little bit because I, I do think that at some level, the consumer should be a little bit more informed about what they're agreeing to on a, on a device um, before they think that everything's gravy and golden. Um, well, and I think, you know, you shouldn't need a law degree in order to be able to use a an electronic device, right? Like to agree to the terms and services of a of something like that seems a little yeah oh yeah okay so i do it but on the other side of that coin you have to think about all the people that actually sue companies because they didn't know and then it forces the developer to write something in very legalese um you know i experienced that trying to come up with with privacy uh, terms and and yeah so it's like yeah i'm not going to totally take your information and sell it I, I'll, I'll never sell your data but because somebody could you know put me in a situation where it's like, well i didn't know that you'd do this I'm like what are you talking about right. you know you know i, but I then doesn't to i mean to a, some degree then it that requires you to almost go out and get legal counsel to write the privacy stuff right and so right so, it, so it's, we just get rid of all the lawyers <laughs> <laughs> we cut out the middlemen yeah. I mean, if we didn't have so many frivolous lawsuits in the country, if we didn't have... These... That's a huge part of it. I mean, the litigious yeah. society that we live in absolutely kind of, I think, forces companies into that. And it, it puts... But ultimately, it, it also provides them with this, you know, kind of opportunity, right? That I think you've seen a lot of companies take advantage of, direct advantage of, knowing full well that when people are downloading iTunes or the latest version of Mac OS, that they're not going to go through and read even five or six pages, you know, of tiny legal text about the terms in use in agreement. And they'll stick little things in there here and there, you know, just because they can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that part is um, that's, well, it's, it's chicken or the egg, right? Like, if you had people not making these fake lawsuits and if you, you know, then there would be a level of trust. Yeah. But you'd also have a company taking advantage of people like Facebook who they're actually getting sued by Australia for the, uh, the whole, gosh, now I can't think of the name of their, well, the data breach or Mm -hmm. the, the, the use of personal data for, you know, political gain. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, like that would be something where it's concerning but we also have to have innovation, right? So it's how much regulation do you put in place? How can companies regulate themselves? And those are questions where it's more philosophical yeah. and I hate philosophy. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, in general, like I don't, I don't mind taking the kind of like, let's see what happens approach in new industry, you know, when, when there's new stuff going on to say, let's see if the companies are able to regulate themselves before we come in and say, okay, Hey, you know, we're going to put all these restrictions on, like see how things kind of balance themselves out before determining whether or not you need to come in and, and set some guidelines. Um, but cause yeah, I mean like, I don't, I'm not pro gigantic government like i don't want a bunch of bureaucracy or red tape or or a bunch of things that are going to stifle innovation and growth and 
development within this country because I think ultimately the more that we can do for ourselves, the more we ought to be able to do for other people. Right. I agree. Yeah. And I, so for me, like that's, that's something I actually think about regulation a lot, if I'm being honest. Um, and I, Stop it goes back Warren to G. <laughs> regulators. <laughs> I don't know. He's the only good song, by the way. Yeah. I think he had another good song. I right? just don't remember. It's time for politics. So, speaking of insanity, what about I? I was pretty spot on about Biden's uh, future. Yeah. <laughs> toward the nominee. Yeah. Like I, I knew South Carolina. If he was not going to do well, they would go to a broker convention and they would nominate um, Bloomberg. But they they crushed it there, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, all the trolls came from underneath their rocks with that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not surprising, you know. Um, and I here's think, what I, before I forget. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I know there's a lot of criticism on on our system. It's a two party system. But here's something I was just talking about with Techie last night. I think it's very ironic that Bernie Sanders is a registered independent who got nominated as a senator in the Democratic Party. Same thing with AOC. My question is, and and, and maybe you can give me some. In, no, I'm going to give you my spew on this, and then give me your your thoughts on it. I just think it's kind of ironic that they're not Democrats. They take advantage of that political party for their own agenda. Not yeah. saying it's a bad agenda. Why don't they start their own freaking party? If Bernie's quote unquote movement revolution is so huge, why not just say, okay, we no longer, you know, we think that we're an alternative party that can run for ourselves. And then yes, now it's a three party system and not try to pretend like they need to sway an entire group of people that don't ideologically agree with them to do something they don't want to do. If uh, so, I, if Bernie Sanders was as popular as everybody and his ideas were as popular as they want, as he wants you to think. And I'm again, this is coming from somebody who voted for Bernie four years ago in the primary, right? Like I like Bernie Sanders there would be more people like Bernie Sanders in our government already if right. that were the case, right? People would elect representatives at the local and state level that that have ideas and sound more like Bernie Sanders if that's what everybody in the country really wanted. But you don't I see agree. that, right? Like, so why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they, as much as they, as much as people in that camp harp on the establishment, they need the established government to get to where they're trying to go, and that is like the definition of hypocrisy. I mean, and this whole top-down approach, I think, it leads to a dead end yeah. every time. And like you, you said, you voted for Sanders four years ago. What happened? You got older, right? Yeah. Why is it that Bernie Sanders? And AOC and people in that left part of or they, we call it the left side of the party, and it's not even a party I'm registered with, to be honest with you. Why do they like? I don't. Why is it that when they get older and, and life happens, they no longer think that way? Yeah, you know. Because I, I keep saying that when I was 19, 
I thought Clinton, Bill Clinton, President Clinton, I got to be respectful of the office, was the right choice. But as I got older, I'm like, yo, he's totally not. He didn't do any. First of all, he made the country worse. And he didn't really. The only thing he had going for him was so charismatic. Yeah. And that was it. And it's like, yeah, I made a mistake. And that's that's the quandary I have. How is it possible that people that voted for Bernie Sanders four years ago, a lot of them, like yourself, have switched their 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 choice? Why is it that, you know, the number of young people are not going? I, I heard a very, and I, I don't know. I know it's probably very factual. I don't know if it's the right number, but it's a, apparently one out of 10 people that uh, voted for Donald Trump were actually Bernie Sanders supporters that were pissed that he didn't get the nomination in 2016. Sure. How productive is that? <laughs> Not productive at all. I mean, the, the whole idea of like a protest vote, you know, and those sorts of things or like abstaining because, you know, like that's, I'm going to show them I'm not going to vote. Like I, I don't particularly subscribe to that. Like I, I just think, you know, you got to kind of make a choice if you want to be part of the conversation or you want to, at the end of the day, like, you know, all right. Defending myself here. I know. I, I think that is a choice. And I, I don't complain about Donald Trump too much because I didn't, vote for either one of them i so it's kind of like yeah i kind of didn't help out i I could have chipped in where i could but i didn't really like i really 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 i i see bernie sanders kind of like how i see hillary clinton and i I just can't get the the, i mean honestly like i've I've kind of felt that way about the bulk of the democratic candidates at this point like all of i mean Biden, Sanders, Warren, um, the I guess, and even Bloomberg, like those four in particular, who were kind of the you know the last four standing, more or less. Right. I mean, I and please don't take offense to this, people, but like they're all freaking old people, like old people, like <laughs> they are old. They're pretty. And why? Why? Why is it that you know again? if if there's such a push for youth movement within this country right like then why is it that we have just this smattering of old people that are left on the stage because the approach is wrong chris and i i I think that if we really i I don't know if age is the right it's not um, that age is the only but factor but it's just like at some point you know it's got to be local. It's it's a bot. This is a bottom up approach. Yeah. You know um, that. And I think that I mean, but you look like Pete, Pete Buttigieg and um, you know Andrew Yang, like both younger guys. Yeah, they they started at the top, like that was the wrong play. Yeah. Like it, uh, you know, one of my criticisms of President Obama was that he didn't really have the experience. Right. Now, provided that he if president Obama would have been in the Senate for a little bit longer and actually had his name attached to like making changes at a larger scale, I would have supported him more than what I did. And I, and I didn't vote for him either. So it's just a matter of like, I kind of see the, I see the argument of change in Washington, but top down is the wrong approach yeah. i just don't get why people don't want to see that do you really think like if, if 
here's a, another observation. Everybody's freaking out, freaking out about the down ballot results if we elect uh, Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because we all know that down ballot is actually going to affect us more than top of the ballot. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I think that if we really think that we need a new approach and maybe it's some even older people, you know, I mean, although I'm not super, I'm not ancient, but I agree with some, and I've said it before, I agree with some of the things that Bernie Sanders says. I don't agree in his, with his approach. I do think that, but I also believe in smaller government. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where he and I are going to disconnect. It's like, yeah, really don't care, bro. Like, I don't need another department. I do think that our government could make, you know, when it comes to infrastructure, we can make investments to create jobs, which would be great. Yeah. But I don't think we need entire agencies built around that because they obviously fail. No, trust me, uh, as somebody who just spent four days driving across um, some wonderfully uh, underserved portions of New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and eventually North Carolina, <laughs> uh, the roads freaking suck. Yeah. really bad out there uh and most places aren't doing jack to do anything about it like i was amazed driving through dallas texas i'm sitting there going you got more oil money here than you know what to do with not to mention driving through new mexico the amount of freaking oil fields and oil production that's going on there is apparently now more than texas well the sad part is we're the top producer of oil right now as a country and yet <laughs> <laughs> All we ever hear about is our dependency on overseas oil. Yeah, I, I, I think that you know, I'm not excusing any of the candidates for. I mean, you're un, all right. So, your constituency also is the corporations. That, that's a reality. And if people, what the fact that people confuse those two things, I know you're shaking your head, but think about it. Right, where are those? we don't look at corporations and companies as part of a solution to a problem where are people going to work no and it's that, not that i it's not that you ignore it but i don't i don't know that the corporations are your constituents that's are. where they're, that's where i provide, so when you hear the job i'm sorry i'm getting passionate when you hear the jobs numbers thrown out in the media yeah where are those people working at the government's not creating those jobs so you you need them you need the companies i'm not going to say corporations you need the companies to create the jobs for the for the people that live in the country in the country sure so they're things that make it easier or more effective and i won't say easier effective for them to do business are good for the country sure and the fact that we've we've said we've now we're picking sides and we and like i, I said i was telling you the other day when you can intellectualize a problem you never get around to solving it <laughs> Right. And what did you mean by that? I still don't understand exactly what you mean by I, if you I can admit. intellectualize a problem. Yeah. So we can let's, let's say jobs, for example. Right. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Let's let's say the coronavirus, for example. Sure. Right? We have a a global problem. And although China just read some news this morning, they're, they're turning the corner around that. Right. Yes. But we. And we talk about, we spend a lot of time talking about like pre prevention. We talk about, you know, places that are, or their infection rates are going up, but we're not even talking about the solutions. 
you know we haven't figured out why the tests aren't available yet although un unfortunately or you know that our president used to be an investor in the company that's going to supply a majority of the tests now oh, so thank goodness <laughs> so we haven't talked about we we, we we can talk about all the you know everything but how do we solve the problem and i think that's getting becoming more of the norm where we can have an intellectual debate about what's actually happening but we never talk about how we actually solve it. Yeah. So just discussing it as opposed to actually doing something about it. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. And, and that's why I kind of took a break from Twitter. I know you probably said, like, what is Andre talking about? Cause I think I was just like at the limit of like, okay, the stove is hot. Stop touching the stove. Yeah. No. And I mean, the, you know, the, the overblown reactions, and I'm not one of those who's like, oh, get over it. It's just the coronavirus. Like, I understand that people in certain demographics are at a very high risk with this, you know, and that I don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, well, I don't care. So I, if I get the coronavirus, I'm going to be fine and then give it to somebody, you know, unknowingly that isn't fine. Like, I don't want to be that jackass. So I'm doing everything I can to try and, you know, take precautions and, and do the things that the CDC recommends. I haven't run out and bought freaking face masks because that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> right. I don't need that. Like, again, if you are in it in part of those demographics that, that is a, at a higher risk and you're going to be traveling, then like, yeah, you probably do need to and want to sanitize your airplane seat and maybe wear a mask on the airplane. Like, those would be okay precautions for you, but... The, the fact that the general public is like, well, I may not be part of this, like, you know, high risk demographic, but I'm going to protect myself. Like, that's the selfish crap that drives me absolutely nuts. You know, or you to see toilet. people buying up all the face masks and then selling all them. All the toilet paper. Yeah. Or toilet paper. Yeah. Were you not wiping your butt before this? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the lengths that people go to to take advantage of people in a bad situation, you know? Yeah, that, that, that blows my mind. I, I just I just think that, you know, we, you can pick any issue. You can pick well, anyone. And you're going to have a, two sides to a problem all the time. Sometimes you have the random third side. But there's never actual action to fix the problem. Like, you never get down to, and so how do we fix it? Yeah. We don't, we don't need to pontificate every time there's an issue. It's, all right cool that sucks what are we going to do about it and i think our government is you know just ridden with let's talk about it for 14 days and i you know you know chris i i hate that i just, it's just a waste of time. i i don't need a press conference to tell me that the stove's hot the stove is hot stop touching it please just stop touching the freaking stove don't tell me like it's not hot on this eye but it's hot it's hotter on this side by 14 degrees and but if you look at that 14 degrees right there, there's a segment of that 14 degrees that's, you know, it's probably not as hot as, a, as the, the remainder of it. I'm like, who cares? Like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Cooking. So speaking of hot stoves, made any good vegan stuff lately? Uh, I made, I am 99.9% percent of the way on to the ultimate seitan steak nice and that's about it, that's about it. <laughs> i went to uh we, we met some friends at outback last week or the week before last mm -hmm. it was such a misery all right i'm gonna rail this is happening right now there's like probably 13 14 of us 
enough people to probably mess up service at a restaurant. Yeah. Totally get that. Dude, people came in after us. We're talking 45 minutes after us, and they got served before us. One of my friends, not, um, well, he's not a very bashful person, just swearing. I'm like, hey, and I saw the manager. I, this is what killed me. The manager brought out a salad. I'm like, that's the manager. Yeah. He has that manager thing going on and just like scurries away. I'm like, yeah, he, he didn't even try to stop. And so the waiter and, and the server comes out again. I'm like, hey, where's the manager? Can I speak to him? Oh, is anything wrong? I'm just, yeah, but I'd like to speak to the manager. And so I, and I did that whole thing. Manager comes out. I'm like, hey, my man, my friend starts just like <laughs> kneecapping this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, chill. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And so I asked the manager, like, hey, you guys, are you short staffed tonight? And Tenchi's getting pissed at me. He goes, well, you know, not really. I'm like, okay. So here's all I want to address for you. We've been waiting for a while, and nobody's really addressed that. What I don't understand is why you came over here and you didn't acknowledge the problem. He goes, oh, this is the first I'm hearing about it. I'm like, dude. I know that's, I just want to, I actually yeah. did say that's not true because I saw you and somebody said something to you and you scurried away. I'm like, all you had to do was address it. Nobody, I don't want anything for free. Yep. I just want you to at least address it and be like, hey, okay, cool, whatever. I mean, that's Terrible. literally, that's 99% of people, right? Like, that's all they want is they don't want to sit there and feel like they've been completely forgotten and ignored. You right. know, that like my food is sitting in a window somewhere waiting for you to go get it or, you know, that you didn't put my order in or that there's some issue that I'm unaware of. And now I'm going to be sitting here for another 45 minutes before I finally get my food. So funny you say that as I'm talking to this guy, they serve like a few dishes. And I say, you know, what's going to happen, sir. What's going to happen is that the rest of our food is not going to come out within 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what happened? The rest of our food didn't come out for 20 minutes. Of course. <laughs> I of was course. so... I hate restaurants, man. Or most restaurants. I just hate, I hate going into restaurants. It's just. Yeah. Uh, no. And, uh, you know, I will say it's been kind of nice, like since switching to a plant-based diet that like, you know, we don't eat out all that much anymore because there just aren't that many places that we can go to reliably get good vegan food. And so it's a lot more cooking at home, um, which, you know, then you I asked for a potato and no bacon. They put bacon on my freaking yeah. potato. Of course I'm they sorry. did. No, I know, man. Like, I mean, it drives you drives you nuts when you're you're out there trying and you're trying not to be like a pain about it, right? Like, you don't you don't want to sit there and be like, "Is there butter in this?" Like, you know, like half the time, especially for me, because it's not like an allergy thing. It's just it's a choice. Like, I don't make a big deal about it. You know, if it's an Impossible Burger and it says it's got mayo on it, I'm like, yeah, just don't put the mayo on there. Like, I'm sure you probably put butter on the bun, but I'm not gonna die. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just like, you can't help but feel like people are like, wow, you're such a pain in the ass. Like when I'm traveling, this is the thing I really don't understand hotels, right? Like go in, in the room, they have the little packets of like the non-dairy creamer, right? Like the powdery right. crap. Who wants that? Nobody, but it's better than nothing for me personally. Like I, I, I'm not a huge like black coffee drinker. I need like you should, just, grow, you should definitely grow up. That's, yeah, that's, well, no, whatever. I spent way too many years working at Starbucks, so like all of that sugary crap, 
got into my system at one point and ruined coffee for me for the rest of my life. So here we are. I'm dealing with it. Um, not very gracefully though. Uh, so, not. but like every time I go down to breakfast, they're like, I'm like, do y'all have any non-dairy cream? And be like, excuse me. I'd be like, like, like I offended them. You know, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> you don't want dairy. Um, and it's like, do you have any non-dairy cream or even just like the powdered stuff? And be like, no, we don't have any of that. Be like, um, room service has it like the the freaking housekeeping can you call them can i get and give me an extra towel while you're at it (laughs) so that's that's one of the things where it's like i'm i'm having to add more and more things to my arsenal of like these are necessities that i have to travel with so i have to go get some like powdered non-dairy creamer to take with me just in case yeah it's rough i mean it's not it's kind of inconvenient but it it's can okay. be at times, yeah. Yeah, and I'm okay, but I'm okay with it. I just really don't want to eat. Like Tetchy and Jaylee went to have seafood the other day. I didn't go with them. Like I, they eat seafood. I'm okay with that. Um, but I just didn't go because I'm like, what am I? I I, I don't want to go. It's fine yeah. because I just don't want to. I can eat a salad at home or whatever, whatever I'm gonna eat. <laughs> like, I can find something at home I can eat uh, just the same. So. I, I don't know. I, I enjoy, um, like, I don't, I don't really want meat if I'm being honest. It's yeah. just like, I haven't really thought about it. Um, it's just the elusive vegan steak. That's all I'm obsessed with right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 0.01% of the way from accomplishing my goal. That's nice. Um, well, when you get, when you perfect it, you'll have to have me over for a grilled vegan steak. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think part of the thing is I've, I figured out part of the secret is you take a can of, uh, of beans mm-hmm. and you mix that. So a lot of the recipes I've seen, they're like, Oh, put this amount of vegetable broth and water. And I'm like, yeah. that just kills the, you know, it doesn't really give it a flavor and you get that whole weedy taste. Mm-hmm. And I, one day I was just like, I'm just, you know, if I mix or if I mash the beans up, it'll be, it has water in it already. Yeah. I'll use that as the moisture. And that's actually been part of the secret there. So nice. Once I figure that out, I will have the baller recipe. You know, uh, you know what I saw on Postmates the other day. They recently added the Apex Vegan Community Kitchen. Wow! So you can get that sh- delivered now. Wow, that just, <laughs> that's a game changer. I know. Right? <laughs> that place is gonna. I think they're gonna blow up, man. They're gonna. They're the right spot for vegan food. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it, I was really glad to come back after my my road trip, um, because it was, I mean, you know, like in Arizona, we stopped at Chipotle, we Subway, like there are, you know, there are places that I know I can go to get good, you know, decent vegan stuff. Um, I tried ordering to the best of my ability, vegan at Taco Bell. I have no idea whether or not I was even remotely close on that. <laughs> So apparently Taco Taco Bell this year is going to have like uh, six items on their uh, on their menu that mm-hmm. are vegan, which that's okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't rock with Taco Bell though, man. I I mean I generally don't either. Like my dad and I were meeting um, an old buddy of his, and that was like in this tiny little farm town in New Mexico, and it was like the one thing in town that he could tell us to like. Well, just meet me there, and then. I'll, you can follow me to get to the farm. 
guy lives on like a 2,000 acre farm out in the Good night. Mexico with the rest of his family. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, Taco Bell's never been on, like, when I was younger, I would probably go there like a drunk meal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to devour some Taco Bell back in the day. Like, give me some double-decker tacos with some nacho cheese and some cinnamon twist or nacho supreme and no sour cream. Although now I eat sour cream all the time. So, well, yeah. I used to until I went plant-based. But <laughs> What's another place? Uh, Sheets is another terrible place for drunk food. Yeah. So- yeah, I, I, see, I used to do the sheets made to order stuff too, especially if I was like rolling through there late at night. But yeah. Cookout is always probably like one of my top drunk foods. I I, I mm, cookout. <laughs> like, I swear they it's the, like I can't even imagine working inside of there. Like you just smell like burger smoke twenty four seven. Uh, like, man. but there's something beautiful about that smell still. I can't. Cookout. Yeah. Cookouts have spot. Uh, what's another place? Uh, I don't know, but now you're making me hungry. <laughs> Dude, I could probably still eat Waffle House. Um, yeah. No, see, I got I I gave up Waffle House a while ago. I, I just, could never do that. I can't really rock with Waffle House. I just, Why not? It's not clean enough, man. Like most of the places you go to, they're just gross. It's just nasty. I don't need nasty in my food. Like. <laughs> It's a dive, man. Like that's the whole reason you go to a dive. Nah, like I, I but okay, yeah, that's the reason you go to a dive. I'm not. I I don't ever have that reason. I guess like I don't oh, okay. never like man. Give me some dirt in my food. Like <laughs> it's like a gypsy's gypsy's shiny diner and carry. Yeah, but see, that's different up. because that's clean. That place, like they actually clean that place. Yeah, that, it lost all, some of the charm. I'm like, hey, can you get some rust on the building? Can you? But it's a cool place. Like, the breakfast cool place. was pheno- phenomenal. Yeah. Are they still open? Uh, yeah. I don't think it's Gypsies anymore. I think they just call it the Shiny Diner. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. I, I'm guessing they changed management or owners at some point, but uh, I I haven't been in there in forever because uh, you know, I, I make breakfast at home. I would I would never open a restaurant. I mm, no, no, I don't think I could. I I, I I've thought like doing a vegan bakery might be kind of cool, but yeah, that's seven days a week, man. For for well, yeah, little for somebody tomatoes. else. Yeah, for, <laughs> no, it's you too. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's cool. I got this old this buddy of mine who used to work in the restaurant business. He said he'd help me out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me like, point like, I'm like, it's not this guy. <laughs> I will run very far. <laughs> so I will turn into a complete jerk. you be like, why are you not nice inside the restaurant? Like, I'm, I'm totally, uh, what's that guy's name? Gordon? <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. When, it, when I walk into a restaurant, I'm not nice. I don't care. Uh, stressful. <laughs> stressful. Stressful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've covered everything except for um, the kitchen sink. Oh, yeah. I got that back here. Do you want to talk about it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for hanging out with us. Um, we'll, we'll be back next week. And we're trying to make sure that we're here every week because when we don't, then, well, I think we're our run times are about average. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're, yeah, we're about an hour and a half today. Um, yeah, I may have to travel at the end of next week, but that all depends on whether or not I hear back from one of my customers. So um, I'm trying my best to keep our recording slot open. Cool. <laughs> so Good. we can always squeeze this in. Um, but, yeah. 
thank you all for tuning in um as always we appreciate you and uh we'll be back next week with another episode of the chris and andre show hey thanks guys take care Did you hear about the dolphin found guilty of first-degree murder? They say he did it on purpose. <laughs>